It's definitely not last week. It's this week in film. The weekly podcast where we get together and we talk about the movies we've seen over the past week. I'm Nick Pronunto, joined as always by Ray Radaminki. Yeah. Nobody else is here. Tony's Once again. still away. It's definitely not the same day as the last time we recorded the show. Tony's still not come or told us he's not showing up. He doesn't for the show. call. He doesn't write. He doesn't. He just disappeared into thin air. Hopefully he's all right. If he wants to get in touch with us, he can check out thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. <laughs> Maybe we'll answer the on. question. Oh, that'd be exciting. So, Ray, what'd you see this week in film? This week I watched a little movie called The Iceman. Oh. Um, directed by Ariel Vroman. The X-Men spinoff. Right. Um, and starring Michael Shannon. And a bunch of other big names. Winona Ryder, Ray Liotta, Chris Evans, James Franco, and another actor that was not in any of the credits in the in the beginning of the movie. And he showed up and I didn't even know if it, know if it, I didn't even know if it was him because he was wearing a weird fake mustache. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that he was in this movie. David Schwimmer. Is in this movie. Ross from Friends. Hi. <laughs> I have a mustache um, now. So anyway. Uh, Schwimmer. It's a true story. Based on a true story. Uh, Michael Shannon plays this guy named Richard Kuklinski. Um, and he seems like a normal, regular guy. Um, in the beginning, we see him meeting his wife for the first time. Or going on a date with his wife for the first time. Um, he ends up having a few kids with his wife. Um, and what he does is he secretly uh, dubs uh, porn movies. Oh. His wife thinks he dubs Disney movies, but he dubs porn movies. Like black market movies? Yeah. or Okay. Yeah. Um, and the guys who are selling this stuff have mob ties, mob affiliations. Mm-hmm. Um, they Some of them own the businesses that he's selling to. And he manages to stay clean. But you can tell... Like, from the beginning that, I mean, Michael Shannon plays this a character like this so well. Like, a guy who's quiet and reserved, but at any moment can just absolutely snap. I will find him! <laughs> Unleash the world machine. <laughs> oh, no, the world engine. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Unleash the world engine. Um... So, so yeah, so he he's keeping his nose clean in some way. He's providing for his family. He is lying to his wife about what he's doing for a living. But then he gets mixed up with with these mob guys, and Ray Liotta plays like a mob boss. Shocking. And yeah, no, seriously. And Ray Liotta, you can tell, sees something in him. He pulls a gun on him out of nowhere, and Michael Shannon doesn't even flinch. Like he's just so cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this guy, I, I can use this guy. And he wants to use Michael Shannon as a hitman. And the way he... That's a big career change right there. Right, exactly. And the way he, um, you know, it, the test that he gives Michael Shannon is they're in a car. And he's like, I want you to go out there and kill that bum right there. He's like, no questions asked. I just want you to go kill him. And Michael Shannon, and, and, and he tells him before he does, he's like, if you do this, he's like, I'll give you a job. Um, you'll work for me. 
You'll you'll be you'll be a pickup guy. You'll be a drop off guy. You'll deliver messages for me, whether good, whether bad. And you're, you're going to kill people for me. He's like, but I will take care of you, and you will not have to worry about money anymore. Is this based on a true story? Yes. yes. So Michael Shannon reluctantly is like, all right, goes out outside, starts talking to this bum like a friendly guy, and then shoots him and kills him. Gets mm. back in the car, and that starts his career as a, a hit, hitman, basically. And, you know, a, an enforcer for the mob. Right. Um, and you see throughout his career doing this, he's just like leads a regular life at home, has two two daughters. He's He comes home every night. But when he's not at home, he's an absolute psychopath. Wow. And he snaps on people. He's very he's very um, meticulous about what he does. That he doesn't get caught. Doesn't leave any loose ends. But you slowly start to see that the killing that he's doing isn't just for a job. Like, he likes it. And he starts to kill guys not... He starts to kill guys that he doesn't need to kill. He's just, like he has a conversation with a guy, he kills him. You know what I mean? Like he just starts to, like kill guys for sport, basically. Starts getting sloppy, right? Um, and that and that starts a downward spiral of his of his career. He starts, you know, he gets into a couple other things. Like I said, it's a true story. If you want to look him up, go ahead. If not, um, the movie does a great job of like showing, you know, how his life tailspins out of control. Um, pretty, a lot of pretty good performances in it. Ray Liotta, like I said, plays a mob boss, which is. You know, Ray Liotta's mob boss isn't that crazy, but he does it well. Um, Winona Ryder plays his wife, who apparently, from in the real life, too, had no idea that he was like this. Apparently, he was... They don't show it in the movie, but in real life, he was very abusive to his wife. So she knew that he had, like, a mean streak. Mm-hmm. Apparently, his wife claims that he never touched his kids, but that he would beat her. Because she, she she said he had he had two basically he had two sides like good his name good Richie and bad Richie, and she said like ninety five percent of the time he was a good guy, but then like out of the blue sometimes he would just snap, and so she knew that part of him that part was in him, but she didn't obviously know that he was killing people, and when Nona Ryder plays that part pretty well, but like I said in the movie they don't he doesn't beat her at all in the movie, you do see a couple times in the movie where he does snap, um, but then also too like I said. David Schwimmer shows up, and it was just so weird because like like in a, like you're watching the movie and like the credits start and like they list all the people that are in the movie and you're like all right it's pretty star studded cast, and then like in the very beginning of the movie David Schwimmer shows up I'm like why was not why was he not listed like in the beginning I mean he's not a big star but like he's a pretty ma- not a major but he's a significant character he's in the entire movie he doesn't like show up in one scene like he's that's so weird he's in the movie like the whole time. And he's got this mustache that is just, like, so preposterous. And he even makes a comment about it, like, to Ray Liotta, because they're, like, old-time friends. They're, like, partners. Uh-huh. And he's like, what do you think of my mustache? <laughs> and Ray Liotta's like, it looks ridiculous. Is it, uh, like, a 70s porn mustache? Yeah, total 70s porn mustache. Oh, okay. Mustache. And Ray, Ray Liotta is like, yeah, it doesn't look, it doesn't, like, fit your face. I'm like, yeah, I know it doesn't, it looks ridiculous. I guess maybe in real life, wherever this he's based on, this guy, his ass name is Rosenthal, um, did look like this. But like, David Schwimmer is just—he might—he may have been a good actor at one time, but he's Ross from Friends. Yeah. Like he's never like we talked about that question that Tony had a couple 
uh, podcasts ago. Yeah. Like, who's somebody that can't get out of a role? Yeah. David Schwimmer will always be Ross from Friends. Yeah. No matter what he does, no matter, like, he played uh, Robert Kardashian in that O.J. Simpson show. Yeah. The whole time, I'm just like, it, you can't get past it. And, like, him playing a mob mob guy is just, like, a total he departure. He definitely can't be a tough guy. He, he's such a, a wimp and, like, a yeah. just... It doesn't come across good at all. Have you seen a uh, Band of Brothers? Yeah, like that's a perfect use of Dave. Right, Roman, right, right. Where, where like you for, you kind of you're, you're always gonna just call him Ross. Right. But like his his Band of Brothers character is just a wienery kind yeah, of guy. He, he needs who to be a wimp. Wants to succeed, but he can't. You know, right. and it's just oh, I'm Ross. Well, and this movie too, they do have this guy is kind of a guy who like can't succeed, but he can't. But. It's just totally miscast. Right. So the whole movie, I'm like, what the, what the hell's going on here? Every time you see him, you just think, what is Ross doing here? Right. Like when, then, you, when you see the guy, it takes you out of the movie. Right. And yeah. then out of the blue as well, James Franco shows up in this movie and he's in one scene. Hi. It's a pretty pivotal scene. Um, but so it got me thinking like this movie must have been like a favor to somebody. Like because all these stars are like popping up and have like very minor, like Chris Evans is in it. He has a very minor role. Oh, really? Um, not as minor as James Franco's, but it's pretty minor. Like he's only in like the like the third act of the movie. Who directed it? Do you know? Ariel Roman, who I looked up, he hasn't directed anything I've ever heard of. Oh. So I, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, but maybe they just thought it was going to be a big Oscar kind of movie. I, guess, I mean, Michael Shannon's very good in it. I mean, he, he gives a very good performance, but it does kind of sometimes have like a made-for-TV feel. Like mm. the, the budget was definitely not very high for this. Where did this take place? Is this a New York guy? Or is it... Yeah, New York. Well, he lives in New Jersey, but he does a lot of stuff. Okay. He's like hitman stuff in New York. Uh, how many people did you say he ended up killing? Uh, he claimed, so he's dead now. He died in prison. Um, but he claimed to have killed 100 people. Oh. Um, not all for the mob, though. Some for pleasure, which he admitted to. Like, he said he liked it. Vacation, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, he actually, he was, he was arrested. He was charged with... Um, um, I forget how many counts of murder. He got two life sentences, and that's it. He was in jail, and what if uh, he came back to life? He apparently was supposed to testify against like a big mob boss, and uh, mysteriously died in jail. So they think foul play was suspected in his death, which probably is probably true. Um, but no, very interesting guy. I was looking up his Wikipedia page, like just like the real person, um, Richard. Kuklinski. Allegedly, of course, that man is a legitimate businessman. <laughs> right, allegedly. Um, and yeah, just like people like this fascinate me, like people that are just like normal, that lead normal lives, uh-huh. but that just can just do like unspeakable things and then just go home and act completely normal about it. You know what I mean? That that That's the, the trait of like a tr- true like sociopath. Yeah. Like somebody who just doesn't care. And even, like, Ray Liotta at one point says to him, he's like, you don't care about anything, do you? He's like, I care about my family, and that's it. Which he does. I mean, he, he he's doing this to provide for his family, but at the same time, he's, like, a ruthless, ruthless guy. So, uh, definitely a movie worth checking out. Um, the Iceman. The Iceman. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, I watched a movie this week that no one should watch, but apparently enough people did that it got a sequel. Uh, this week, I watched the movie from 2013, Now You See Me, and you feel differently. Well, right? I mean, I didn't love it, but I, I was entertained by it. Like, I, 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 I 
I'm not gonna say like I liked. Oh, I, I liked it. I liked it. Oh, there you go. I liked it. It's okay. You can you can like this awful movie. <laughs> um, it's uh, directed by Lewis Letterer, uh, who's a very competent director. He did the first couple Transporter movies. Uh, he also directed the very I feel the very underrated Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, it stars Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Isla Fisher, Morgan Freeman, Mark Ruffalo, Michael Caine. Just a huge, dynamic, cast. dynamite cast. Uh, but the movie is terrible. Uh, so, spoiler alert for this movie if you haven't seen it yet, but I'm just going to talk about everything. <laughs> um, so, my first main complaint is that the movie has no main character. At no. all, there's there's well, no main it's, character. It's an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble cast, but even and I'm I'm going to keep comparing it to the Ocean's Eleven, which is <laughs> what this movie wishes it was. Um, so like the movie starts, you think Jesse Eisenberg is going to be the main character, but he's not. Um, and you don't realize that he isn't the main character until about 45 minutes into the movie, and you realize he hasn't been on screen for about 20 minutes, and you're like, oh, well, I guess. I guess Mark Ruffalo is the main character. That's who I would say is the main character, Mark Ruffalo. I guess, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, so Mark Ruffalo is an FBI agent who's hunting down uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Isla Fisher, and Dave Franco. I, I wish that guy's name was <laughs> Dave Franco is such a weird name. And what do, what do they call themselves? They call themselves the Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen, that's right. Um, so... Basically, the four horsemen, for whatever reason, come together to commit magic crimes, or they come together to commit robberies using magic. Using magic, but like, you know, like David Copperfield style magics, like huge event pieces where at the end of it, lots of money is missing, and then they Robin Hood it and give it to the, to the poor. And as we all know, Robin Hooding isn't a solution. Absolutely not. That's a quote from Rent. And um, that was for my friend Matt. He gets it. Um, uh, but then again, at, at the same time, so these guys are robbing the rich and giving to the poor, I guess. Although in no reasonable... Con like, for instance, the second great set piece that they do is they rob Michael Caine, who is their um, boss, I guess. They're, 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 they're working for him. I guess, but he's just, you know, like a, a rich guy putting on a magic show and they rob him. But there's no way, there's no way that the, somehow they are able to get all of his money and give it to the people in the audience because Michael Caine's owns an insurance company, I guess, that in, was involved in Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina, and they ripped off a bunch of people. So they give the people in the audience a lot of money because they got ripped off by Michael Caine's insurance company. But there's no way in the real world that... All right, well, you can't be comparing no, 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 this no. movie to the real, no, real I, world. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> because there, this is, there's no way that you're just going to drain someone's bank account and then he's going to be like, the money is gone. Like, there's, there's no way he's going to lose that money and they won't reverse the transactions kind of a thing. Anyway. So, uh, anyway, there is... No real antagonist in the movie. It, like, it goes from being, is Mark Ruffalo the antagonist and the Jesse Eisenberg gang are the good guys? Or is Mark Ruffalo the good guy and the Jesse Eisenberg gang? Oh, no, Morgan Freeman. Or the bad guys? 
Is he? Because he's just kind of there. Like, I feel like Morgan Freeman's just there to try and explain the plot to us every 10 minutes because it doesn't make any sense. Um, like, Morgan Freeman uh, is looking to make a lot of money on... He does, like, the Magic Secrets Revealed DVDs. Yeah. And so he's, like, revealing the magician secrets, so he wants to make a lot of money off of these guys. But And then is Michael Caine the bad guy? But, all of, like, halfway through the movie, Michael Caine's just not in the movie anymore. He just goes away. Um... And then you're like, well, I guess it's Mark Ruffalo because at the end he's he's revealed to be the mysterious man in the hooded sweatshirt. Right. Spoiler alert: Mark Ruffalo's the super wizard, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make that, doesn't make any I agree. sense. That part doesn't make any sense. And you're like, what the hell is this movie about? It, it definitely feels like a movie that they wrote the ending first and then just worked their way backwards, and it doesn't work. Um, and then they try to put in like these real complicated twists and turns to make it seem like the movie's real clever, but it, but it's not, it's bad. Um, they try to do like this deliberate misdirection with the Mark Ruffalo's, um, has this partner forced upon him. Who's this Interpol cop? Uh, and she's like this French lady. And I don't know, I don't know the actress's name. I did a lot of research and it's a girl. She's from *Glorious Bastards*. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, Shoshana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's not good in this movie. She's <laughs> she's pretty bad in this movie. Um, but uh, so th there's like when she first shows up, you're like, oh, I bet I bet she works for the the magicians. And then later in the movie, just in case you're not on board, Morgan Freeman, whose job it is to explain the plot calls up Mark Ruffalo and goes, I bet she's a double agent. I bet she works for the bad guys. And you're like, all right, you're not even going to let me even try to, <laughs> you're not even going to let me try to have it. Turns out she's not, she's just a cop, you know, and then, but Mark Ruffalo is the bad guy. So but speaking of the bad guys, you don't even know what they're working towards. You don't know who they're working for. You don't know what their goal is other than they've been given these, series of instructions to complete but it doesn't make any sense like wh why the, the the why the why doesn't make any sense I think sense. this is just a fun movie <laughs> that you just have to kind of turn your brain off and just enjoy and you're just looking you're you're you, you you didn't like it from the beginning and you're just you're just hating on it yeah that's right oh, and, see, and, no, here's and the thing is no, that that's the allowed. first that's the first allowed. 10 minutes i really liked like I liked the Jesse Eisenberg on the street doing his magic trick with right, the girl, right. and then they got the lights to go. I liked Woody Harrelson doing like hypnosis. Woody Harrelson's great. I, I, like I thought Woody he Harrelson. was fine. Um, the Isla Fisher was cool, where she did like the the you know like all of their individual acts were really neat. Right. But it's when they get together, none of their individual skills do anything when they get together. They just do these grand ma magic pieces. And then Dave Franco is there too. It just feels like a really cheap Ocean's Eleven knockoff. I'll like, give you that. You've got really confident characters who have an objective and you know they're going to achieve it. Um, but the difference between Ocean's Eleven is that there, in the Ocean's Eleven, there's like hiccups here and there. Um, but you don't realize until the end that it was all part of the plan. You know, like, like the problems that they had, they. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> introduce a little chaos <laughs> and um but in this movie 
there's there's never a doubt what's going to happen at the end other than other than that Mark Ruffalo was the bad guy or the hooded guy the whole time. And uh and the movie I think really fails because you don't know who to root for in the end. You don't know if you're supposed to be rooting for Mark Ruffalo to capture these guys. You don't know if you're supposed to be rooting for him for for the four horsemen to succeed in whatever their quest is. And um it's cheap. It's a cheap movie that that tries to act complicated with big twists and turns and it, all it really does is just make it up as it goes along and they literally have to explain the ending to you because it doesn't make any sense. The end sequence the end sequence before the end sequence do you need to get that? Um, the end sequence before the end sequence where Morgan Freeman is in jail with Mark Ruffalo. They literally have to explain to you what's happening at the end of the movie because it doesn't make any sense. So I can't wait to watch the sequel. I'm probably going to watch that this week. Yeah. I've never seen the sequel. And, uh, like I said, I, I just, it was one of those movies that I just like thought was entertaining uh, for, for whatever reason. I didn't, I didn't really look into it as much as you did. And now that you're bringing up all these points, I, I can kind of see how like stupid it is. I just didn't look at it that way when I watched it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a popcorn movie. It's, you know, a movie like, it's one of those movies that like if we saw when we were like teenagers or maybe even like, uh, like kids. Young, young kids, we would think it was really cool. And maybe. you watch it again when you're older and you're like, this movie's stupid. I don't know. Like I liked, for, I liked what they did when they were by themselves, even when they got arrested the first time. And then, um, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, is in cuffs in the interrogation room and he's like doing like the sleight of hand stuff even with the handcuffs on like I thought that was cool and I thought that the Woody Harrelson you know like hypnotizing one of the cops like anytime they were separated it was kind of a fun movie but then once they had to do these super grand set pieces oh and the other thing is everything involves special effects right um, there's one part when they're doing their big Vegas show where Isla Fisher throws this scarf out and it turns into a great big curtain that's like moving and dancing all over the stage. And when you see something like that, it really takes you out of the movie. You're like, there's no way that this could possibly be yeah. for real. And if it, it's just the things like that, it's just it sucked. This movie sucked. This movie sucked. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you didn't guess, this episode was recorded in advance, so we don't have any answers for Ray's random request this week, but you have an extra week to get all those answers in. Wow, an extra week, everybody. Now, Ray. Yes. What was last week's question? Last week's question was, what is your favorite sports movie? And do you want to do an extra question for this week? Or should we just let the sports question let's, let's ride? Let's let the sports question ride because uh, I think we got a well, poor performance last week with two questions. Let's give the people one question to think about. Hopefully we get some responses. All right. So in the tradition of Now You See Me and The Iceman, what's your favorite sports movie? <laughs> so any plugs this week, Ray? I got no plug. Oh, check out Charlie's comic book, Boy Zero. You could probably buy it at a local comic book store at this point. Um, Going to a store near you. Yeah. At some point soon, it'll be like in regular, regular stores. Um, but if you're listening to us on the podcast radio network, thanks for listening. Hopefully you tuned in for Let's Talk Flicks, who come on before us. 
Uh, but every Wednesday night at 1030, you can find us at podcastradionetwork.net. Uh, from there, you can find a link to the Cry Key app, K-R-Y-K-R-Y, Cry- on, uh, I think, iOS and Android. I don't think there's a Bluetooth app. Or Bluetooth? What's the phone no one uses anymore? Blackberry. Blackberry. They're uh, still making them. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. That's where you can answer the Ray's random request, which is, what's your favorite sports movie? <laughs> Again, what's your favorite <laughs> sports movie? Please um, answer the question. So, Ray, if that's the end of the reel, I'm going back because last week's was such yeah, a last disaster. Because, yeah, absolute disaster. We'll see you next week in film. Later. <laughs>